Today we start a new sermon series called I Have Decided, and inside your worship folder there's an outline for you. Uh, you can fill in the blanks, write down the stuff you want to remember. You know, I spent time preparing the message, you're investing time to listen to it. Let's make the most of that time by taking some notes here. It's going to be crucial for you today. Uh, we start out with a passage from Philippians chapter 3. Remember when Paul wrote the book of Philippians, he was in a prison in Rome, had been arrested for preaching the gospel. And uh, they found him guilty, and now he's awaiting his execution. And yet, Paul is still setting goals for himself. And I just think that's cool. I mean, never give up, never surrender. Uh, He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In other words, he says, I still got a ways to go in my life. And then read these next five words, this next phrase with me out loud. But one thing I do. Yeah. Paul says, i got a lot of things I want to do with my life. I've still got a bucket list, uh, but I've narrowed the focus down to one thing. And then he says, forgetting what is behind. And the past was a big deal for Paul, because Paul, uh, before Paul started evangelizing, before he started planting churches, uh, Paul was actually a murderer of Christians. He was one of the chief persecutors uh, of the early church before he came to Christ. So Paul has a lot of bad, bad stuff in his past. He says, I've got to get over all the bad stuff in my past. Any of you got any bad stuff in your past? Yeah. He says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal. Look at the intensity of the language here. I am straining, I am pressing toward the goal. Now, I'm a big goal setter. I like to make goals. I like to, I like to make plans. I have big goals for us as a church this next year. I've got big goals for you next year, for your family. And we're going to strain and press toward the goal together in 2015. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so as we move into the new year of 2015, I just want to lay out for you some of the most important decisions that you will ever make in your life. But I want to start with a word of encouragement today, and and I want you to get this. I want you to get this deep down in your heart, soul, and mind. Whatever happened last year, whatever happened in your past, whatever mistakes or failures or regrets or wounds that you are carrying from last year, I want you to know you serve the God of the second chance. You know, God never gives you just one chance. God's not really the God of the second chance. God just keeps giving you chances. I mean, you take a shot, miss it, God just rebounds, bounces right, take another shot. You know, you, you, you take a, a swing, you slice it into the water hazard, God just drops the ball, take a mulligan, and hit it again. You strike out at bat, God just says, here, step up, take another swat. Here we go. God is the God of the second chance. Now, if you live long enough, you can get jaded about this. You can think, well, it's never going to happen for me. I've, just, I've made too many mistakes, too many failures. I've come up too short too many times, and here's what you need to do. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. You just got to step away, step out of the past. And I don't care how many diets you've been on, how many budgets you've tried, how many relationships have blown up on you, how many ideas have fallen short. You need to forget those things. You need to stop dwelling on those things. You need to look at Isaiah 43:18. See what I see, I am doing a new thing. Circle the phrase new thing. God is a new thing kind of God. Sometimes we think God is an old thing kind of God. We think God's all about keeping track of the past. But often in scripture, we see that God is all about the future. 
God's all about the future. It's a new life, new hope, new mercy, new grace, new start, new beginning, the new thing. God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now, circle now, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Now it springs up. You need to know that now, right now, this moment is a moment that God has prepared for you. This is, do not miss this moment. You must be in the now. Not stuck in the past, not waiting for the future. Now. Perceive it. Because many people don't see it. They miss it. They're stuck in the past, they're waiting for the future, and they miss the now. Do not miss what God has for you right now. You are not here by accident. God brought you here for this moment. Perceive it. Now, here's how we're going to frame it. Uh, I've called the series, I Have Decided. And we're going to frame this series around decisions that you need to make. Because there are crucial, life-altering, life-changing decisions that we all have to make. And I just want you to recognize the power of your decisions. And, and I just want to let you know, just as a point of reference, just a point of affection, how much I think of you guys, how much I love all of you, one of the best decisions, probably the number three, number four best decision I ever made in my life was planting Rockbrook Church. And looking back now, it looks like a no-brainer. I mean, now it looks like a great idea. But back in that season of my life, planting a church was not an easy decision to make. I mean, I had had a string of significant failures in my life. I was in a position of woundedness and mistrust. There was some real insecurity, some uncertainty in my life. I mean, it all looks good now, but starting this church was one of the biggest risks, one of the biggest steps of faith that I ever made, one of the most important decisions in a moment in time that I ever made in my life was to start this church. Now, God is a timeless, eternal God. But he impacts our lives in time, in moments of decision. And the decisions that you make in your life are crucial. Even the bad decisions you make, you, you get to decide how you're going to respond to the bad decisions that you make. You know, you are a sum total of your decisions. Your decisions make who you are. And I've made some bad decisions in my life, particularly in the early days of my life. I made... Uh, some bad decisions. And hopefully I learned from them, grew from them, but I could share story after story after story about the bad decisions in my life. I am not going to do that. Okay? Because I, instead, I want to shift your thinking toward making a good decision now. Forgetting the past, straining, pressing toward the goal. This one thing I do. And I want you to consider today, what one thing if changed, would make the biggest difference in my life? What one thing? What if one thing got better? What if one thing got added? What if one thing got taken away? What one thing, if changed, would make the biggest difference in my life? And what I want to do is draw you to make that change. I want to push you to go after it. I want, I want you to live your life like your life matters. I want 2015 to be the best year of your life. And as your pastor, as your church, I, I just want us to be in your corner saying, come on, you can do this. You can do this. And we're going to be praying for you and encouraging you and teaching you how to do it. Because all of us have one thing that can impact our lives. And i got some categories for you there on your outline just to help you get started. What about, what about my habits? Do you have a habit that if you could stop it, if you could just break that one habit in your life, it would change your life for the better? 
I mean, how much better would your life be if you just didn't drink so much? And you might say, Kelly, I don't drink too much. But everybody in your life is saying, you know, you drink too much. What if you could stop it? You know, what, would, what would your life look like if, if you could adjust what you look at on the internet? What if you didn't have that junk in your life anymore? Imagine if this were the year you broke free from that. You know, what, what if this were the year that you changed that habit? Now, I don't know what it is. It may be prescription drugs. It may be tobacco. You know, what, what if this is the year that you decided, I, I am going to f- focus on that one habit. I am going to, with the help and support of the church, with the power of the Word of God, the power of God in my life, I'm going to break free from that habit. It could change the whole trajectory of your life, just breaking that one habit. What about my relationships? You know, some of you are in relationships that are no good. You get around that person, they just drag you down. Some of you are in a compromising relationship with a coworker. I mean, it hasn't gotten crazy yet, but that's where it's going. You've gotten too familiar, too flirtatious. It is, it's time to cut that relationship off. Maybe you need to change jobs. Perhaps it's a relationship that you need to restore. Maybe you're in a marriage and you find yourself growing farther apart. I mean, every year you're just farther and this, farther this year and farther this year. and You're not growing closer as a husband and wife. You're just turning into roommates, angry roommates, fighting about the rent. What would happen if you decided this year, I'm, I'm going to work on my marriage. I'm going to work on my marriage. You're going to turn it around. You're going to grow closer to your spouse this year instead of growing apart. You are changing the trajectory of your marriage. You're going to get in a small group that will help you on your marriage. You're going to grow some guts. You're going to tell the group, we need help in our marriage. You know, if you do that in a small group, you announce that to a small group, you know what will happen? Everybody else in there will go, we need help too, because we're all in the same boat. We need help. You know, what if this is the year you say, I need help with my debts? Wouldn't it be great if this year, instead of adding more debt, this year you began to eliminate debts one by one? I mean, debt just kind of sneaks up on you. Ever notice that? I mean, you know, car repair here, home repair there, unexpected medical bills. You know, you buy a new TV, you pay cash for the TV, but then you've got to charge all the stuff to hook it up, make it work. You know, you've got you know, you to get a piano for your kids' piano lessons, or you need a new microwave, and, and pretty soon it just all adds up, and, and you are drowning in debt. What if this were the year you made the decision? We're not going to live like that anymore. We're, not, we, we're making the decision. We're making the change. What about my health? What if this were the year you decided to finally do all those things your doctor has been telling you you need to do? What if this year, instead of growing older and feeling sicker all the time, what if this year you started getting healthier and healthier and healthier? What about my dreams? I mean, you've been dreaming that dream for years, never taking a step toward it, never moved toward starting that business, never moved out to answer the call that God placed on your life years ago. What if this for the year? And can I just challenge you that 2015 could be the best year of your life if you will just do what the Apostle Paul did and focus on the one thing. This one thing I do. I strain, I press toward the goal. Now I want to tell you, as you dream big dreams, as you set big goals for 2015, there is one thing that you cannot leave out of your life. You cannot succeed if you leave out one thing. Even if you fulfill your dream, you'll discover that without this one thing, your life will fall flat. 
Because there are lots of people who achieve great things and they still aren't satisfied. There are people who have great success and still fail at life. Because while you can pursue one thing, you cannot do without this one thing. You cannot do life without God. You cannot do life without God. You were made by God and you were made for God. And until you understand that, life is not going to make sense. There is, there is something available to you that is so powerful, so energizing, so empowering, that if you discover it, you, you will live not just a natural life, you will live a supernatural life. You'll get to the end of 2015 and you'll go, whoa, only God could have done that. Only God could have done that. That's why in the Bible, if you would have asked them the question, what is one thing that would change your life the most? If you asked King David, what is your one thing? You would have gotten a response like this. Look at Psalm 27, 4. He says, one thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David says, I got it all figured out. Uh, the closer I get to God, the closer I get to the Lord, the more I'm empowered to do all the other things in my life. Because only one thing is needed. And if you want to make this the best year of your life, you need to make this the best year of your life spiritually. Let's just see how close we can get to God. Now, this is also a New Testament concept. I'm going to show you this in a New Testament setting. A fairly familiar story. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And I just want to stop there, and I'm going to point out to you that Martha is the one who opened her home to him. Martha is the one who initiated this gathering. Martha is the one who provided the setting. She is the hostess for Jesus to minister to these people. And I want you to see that because Martha gets kind of a bad rap in this story. And to some degree, that, that's unfair. Sometimes as preachers, in order to make the point of the story, we make Martha the villain. Martha is not a villain. Martha is a gracious hostess who opened her home to the Lord. I want you to see that. Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Martha's sister Mary has gotten as close to Jesus as she could. She's sitting right at his feet so she can learn from him. But Martha was, look at the next word, distracted. Say that with me. Distracted by all the preparations. Greek word there means to be pulled in different directions. Anybody identify with that? Those of you who hosted Christmas dinners this past week, you feel pulled in different directions? You know, Martha was pulled in different directions by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell that girl to get in here. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. And then Jesus just says this amazing phrase, but only one thing is needed. I mean, you're distracted by many things, but only one thing is needed. Same thing David said. One thing I ask of the Lord. Same thing Paul said in prison. This one thing I do. All this other stuff we just talked about, your habits, your relationships, your debts, your health, your dreams, all that stuff is good stuff. All that stuff is important stuff. You need to work on that stuff. But if you don't get closer to God... Chances are you'll never accomplish that stuff. 
Jesus said, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. See, the distractions uh, Martha was pursuing, they were good, not better. They were temporary. They would not last. And if you and I are going to pursue what is better, what is eternal this year, if we're going to get closer to Jesus this year, I'm going to share three things we need to learn from this story. And with each one of these, I'm calling it, I have decided. Because Paul says we've got to strain, we've got to press toward the goal. It takes a decided heart to do this. So number one, on your notes, I have decided to make the most of the new year. I've, and I almost had the feeling be, uh, to make the most of this opportunity. Because a new year is a new opportunity. Now, I like Christmas and all that. I love New Year's. I love New Year. I love getting a new calendar at the start of a new year. It's white, it's clean, it's blank, it's a blank canvas. You can paint on it a new set of goals, new opportunity, new mercies, new grace, brand new chance, new life, new year. Man, I love a new year. It is a new opportunity. But you and I must make the decision to make the most of this opportunity. I mean, listen, Martha had an opportunity. Martha had an opportunity. Jesus was in her house. And Martha was in the kitchen. I mean, think about that. Same's true for many of you. Jesus, in a very real sense, Jesus is right here, and you're in the kitchen. Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus is right here in the house, and you're in the kitchen, distracted. Look at Ephesians 5.15. Be very careful, then, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. And the Greek word for opportunity there is the word kairos, which means time. It means this is a window of opportunity that opens for a season and then closes. It's not always going to be there. You don't want to waste or squander or miss the opportunity. You want to catch hold, take hold of, you want to redeem the opportunity with wisdom. And you have a great opportunity right in front of you. A new day, a new year, a new beginning, a new year. You have the opportunity of a lifetime before you in this moment, right now. Do not miss it. Redeem it. Catch it. Grab hold of it. And I just want to encourage you, especially if you're new to Rockbrook. Maybe you started coming during the Transform thing last fall or maybe through the Christmas season. If you're new here, I, or even if you're old here, I don't care. I want you just to give me one year of your life. Just give me one year. Just commit that over the next year, you're going to plug in. You're going to do whatever we do around here. You're going to show up on the weekends. You're going to take notes on the sermon. You're going to sing the songs. You're going to plug your kids into Rockbrook for kids. You're going to get your teens to the Rockbrook Youth Group. February, we're rolling out our new discipleship process. It's called Growth Track. Super Bowl Sunday, February 1st, we're launching our new discipleship program here at Rockbrook. And, and you know, if you'll just jump in there, take our growth development classes, if you'll make the commitment to discipleship, if you'll get plugged into our dream team, start serving out of your gifts and passion, get connected into a small group in February, start doing life together with the body of Christ in a small group, get plugged into the Daniel Plan, Financial Peace University, marriage stuff we're going to do this year. If you will just jump in, heart, soul, mind, and strength, if you will run the program, run the play, take the prescription... 
If we get to the end of 2015 and you come to me and say, Pastor Kelly, my life is no better than it was when the year started, I'll close the doors and go to a different church with you. But that ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Because you are one decision away from the best year of your life. Jesus is in your house. Opportunity is right in front of you. You just need to grab it. You just need to go all in. Look at this statement. It's on your outline on the screen. I have decided that 2015 is going to be the best year of my life because it is going to be the best year spiritually. Circle that word, spiritually. Because you are body, soul, and spirit. And when you make the spirit of God, when you make the spiritual aspect dominant in your life, not the flesh, not the body, no, you, uh, when you make the spirit the focus of your life. You unleash the power of God in your life. And you do that, and 2015 will be your best year ever. It will. Second thing from this story. I have decided to get rid of every distraction. Every distraction. Martha's in the kitchen preparing food. I mean, who doesn't appreciate that? You know, good food is a good thing. Jesus says it's a distraction. And one of the great lessons of life is learning how to lay down the good things so you can pick up the best things. I mean, that is a tremendously deep spiritual life lesson to learn. Because the devil doesn't destroy most of us with evil. He doesn't destroy us with evil. He just distracts us with good. And we spend our lives doing good things instead of best things. We spend our lives doing temporary things instead of eternal things. Look at Hebrews 12.1. Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And the great cloud of witnesses that he's referring to here is the the people from the past. It's Moses and Noah and Abraham and all the saints from the past. And and they're all looking down on us from heaven. This great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us. And it's kind of cool that, you know, all these Old Testament famous Spiritual people are looking at us. But it's also your grandma and your grandpa and your mom and your dad. And for some of you, it's a child or your kids. You know, those people who have died and gone on to their reward, their eyes have been opened, so they get it. They get it. And they are cheering you on. They are looking down at you. They, they get what matters most, and they're cheering for you to get it too. And it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, if I'm going to get rid of everything that hinders, everything that entangles me. Not just sins. Don't, don't just lay aside sins to run in this race. You've got to lay aside every other weight that gets in your way. You don't just ask, what's wrong with it? You don't just ask, is it sin? You know, is it sin is the lowest level question you can ask in life. I mean, you're just scraping by. You're just scraping off the bottom of the barrel if that's the question. So what question do I need to ask, Kelly? Ask this question. Does it help me run? That's the question. Does it get in my way when I'm trying to become more patient, more kind, more loving, more pure, more self-control? Does it get in my way or does it help me run? Because if it gets in your way, if it doesn't help you run, then set it aside. Get rid of the distraction that is keeping you from the best. Look at this statement. I have decided that I'm not going to let anything that will ultimately mean nothing 
keep me from experiencing what means everything. I, am, I have decided I'm not going to let anything that will ultimately mean nothing keep me from experiencing what means everything. I'm setting aside every distraction. And if you're making that decision, I, I want to encourage you right now just, just to sign your name right on that, on that box. Just sign your name right there on your outline. I am making the decision. I've decided 2015 is going to be the best year because that's going to be the best year spiritually. I'm deciding, I'm setting aside every distraction. I'm not going to let anything that's going to mean nothing keep me from everything. And you make the decision. Number three, I have decided to prioritize the presence of Christ in my life. So that's the issue between Martha and Mary. Mary had prioritized the presence of Christ. Martha was distracted by good things. I'm going to live my life as a God-first kind of life. Jesus is going to be the center of my life. You don't let prayer be your last resort. You make prayer your first resource, your first response. I'm going to live a prayer-first kind of life. Before I send that email, I'm going to pray about it. Before I go into that appointment, I'm going to pray about it. Before I go to school, I'm going to pray about it. Before I start the day, I'm going to pray about it. You know, Paul, Paul said, I have this one thing. He actually tells us what it is in the verse right before that. He says, I once thought these things were valuable. I once thought these things were valuable. What things? Well, it was all the good stuff that Paul had been done, done in his life. You know, he'd forgotten the past. It was all the good stuff he'd done. You know, all the shopping, the holidays, the work, the football, the gadgets, the gizmos. I thought all that stuff was valuable. Now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Watch what happens. Watch this. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. You know, once I realized Jesus was in my house, I realized lunch wasn't the most important thing. Knowing Christ was. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. Why? So that I could gain Christ. Only one thing is needed. You get closer to Jesus this year, and the rest of the stuff, it'll fall in line. This will be the best year of your life. And some of you need to start the new year just by making Jesus the Lord of your life. You need to make him the center. You, you need to prioritize him in, in your life. Some of you have done that before, but you need to make it a fresh decision because you have not been living a God-first kind of life. You know what salvation is? Salvation is not winding up in heaven. Salvation is not, is not coming to church. Salvation is taking your life and reprioritizing it so that Jesus is at the top of the list. That's what salvation is. And some of you need to make that decision. You need to do just that. And I just want to pray a prayer of commitment with you about this. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm just going to ask you to pray quietly in your own heart and mind. I'm just going to ask you to pray with me right now. We're just going to pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is, this is just between you, you and God. Be still before the Lord, and, and I'm just going to ask you in this moment, right now, to perceive it, to, to, to grasp it, to make the most of this opportunity. Jesus is in the house. Do not be distracted. 
be bold, be strong, make this commitment. I'm going to ask you right now, just put your hand up. If that's you, just say, count me in. Just put your hand up, be bold, be strong, make a decision. Hands up all over the place. I just invite you just to pray. In the quietness of your heart, just say, thank you, Jesus, for a fresh start. Thank you for a second chance. Thank you for paying for my sin through your death on the cross. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to know you, for giving me a new life, a new beginning. And today I put the cross before me, the world behind me. I give you my life just telling that. No turning back. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.